Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. Um, in this episode, I want to talk about eco-anxiety and existential anxiety. And I'll describe what that is, but it, it's something that I'm seeing a lot with my teenagers that I work with and even my little ones that I work with. Um, and parents are reporting that their kids are, are really talking about these things and having trouble sleeping at night and really kind of consumed by this fear. And I'm certainly seeing it um, intensify. I'm hearing it more and more, even with little ones. So today we're going to talk about what that is, what it means, and how to deal with it. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So I'm hearing a lot of things like, and, and this is really hard to hear actually, but kids are saying things to their parents at night and they're saying this to me in our sessions. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get to be middle-aged. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have kids. I don't know if the world is going to be a place that anyone can even live in. Um, you know, am I going to even have a job when I get older? Like, th so there's a lot of tremendous fear of children. And this is something we did not have to think about, or, I mean, we did, but it wasn't, we, it wasn't in our consciousness. We weren't aware of it. Um, we didn't really grow up worrying about these things probably should have, but we didn't. Um, and there's a lot of anger, especially with teenagers. They're mad at us. They're mad at our generation for making this mess that they're now stuck in. And these are real feelings. These are very intense feelings um, that kids have. And I actually remember having a conversation with my youngest, Olivia, two or three years ago, and she was just in tears saying, I don't know if I'm going to be able, I'm going to be middle-aged, if I'm going to be able to have children. Is, it, is the world even going to be a place where I want to bring kids into? Um, so these are very, very intense, deep issues that kids are walking around with. We, of course, are worried to some degree about a lot of these things. It's all been intensified by the pandemic, uh, by the state that the world is in, uh, you know, worrying about climate change is one particular issue, but also looking around and just seeing adults in the world not agreeing on, on very much of anything and being incredibly polarized. Um, and I give an analogy often when I talk about parenting of being on an airplane that you just sort of imagine that you're the passenger on the plane and the captain is flying the plane. And let's say the captain decided to wander down the aisle and say, Hey guys, you know, what do you think? We could do 28,000 feet. We could do 30. I could go around the storm. If you want, you would, that would vastly increase your anxiety in this. If it's a bumpy, turbulent, scary flight, the captain's asking you what to do. You're going to be petrified. Are you kidding me? I'm a passenger. Why are you asking me? Is this person not in control? Is this person not in charge? Or for the sake of argument, we'll say the cockpit door is open. The captain's in there screaming and yelling during this tumultuous storm. Why isn't this? Why isn't the control tower answering me? And I don't know what to do. And these people like he yelling and screaming. How would we feel as passengers on that plane? In both of those cases, um, 
we would feel terrified. In the case where the captain is yelling and screaming, we know that person's not in charge because they're not calm. They're not listening. They're not focused on what they need to be doing. And if we sort of draw this out into a grand scale, kids are exposed to a world right now where people are incredibly polarized. They're looking at the adults going, oh my God, who is in charge here? What's going on? And there's this increasing sense in kids that they feel incredibly unsafe. So there's a few things there I think are really important. One, especially with little ones, really, really try to limit their exposure to the news. Don't have the radio playing in the background. Don't have podcasts on talking about these issues. Don't have the news um, you know, running in the background with the constant fearful headlines. It's just a constant barrage um, for kids, just reminding them how, how um, intense everything is right now. Watch how many conversations you're having about politics and um, decisions that the government's making. I mean, those are really important conversations, but they don't have to happen at an adult level in front of your kids. So really kind of think about being this important shield for your children. And it's not a matter of putting them in a bubble and having them pretend that everything is perfect. That's not what we're talking about here. And, you know, having a certain amount of exposure to adversity is actually really important. In fact, I call it uh, emotional Purell, right? If you, if you absolutely purify everything, um, then you're not actually helping children develop the neurological hardware that they need to handle bumps when they come, but we also don't need to barrage them. We don't need them to be constantly uh, exposed to this messaging and these conversations. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, um, you know, if, and I think about it this way, if we can't figure out in our own homes how to manage, how to regulate, how to have difficult conversations, how to handle opposing views, then how on earth are we going to figure it out as a community, as a country, as a planet? So part of the hope that needs to be here is that we can manage things in our own homes that we can regulate in our own homes, that we can listen to different opinions in our own homes and have open dialogue and conversations about it and really modeling that for our kids. So that's the kind of stuff happening underneath that will help them with this anxiety. The second um, is the messaging that, you know, I always want to, to, to kind of bring forward that connection and lots of love and lots of fun and lots of playing and rubbing noses and baby pictures and all of that wonderful stuff um, releases oxytocin in the bloodstream. And oxytocin is a very powerful hormone slash neurotransmitter that blocks cortisol. It actually helps all of us, not just our kids, uh, feel better. It's, it mitigates cortisol. So all of these kind of big, huge issues that your children are worrying about, even though it seems like you're indirectly or that they don't seem related you're indirectly helping by making sure there's lots of love and lots of connection and lots of serotonin and all of those beautiful here and now chemicals, um, you know, laughter and catching your kids being good and staying in the moment uh, is really, really important in modeling that for your kids. So that's also gonna help in the background kind of cooling things down. Now, what do you do when your kids have these conversations with you? It's late at night, they're in tears, I don't know if I'm going to get to be middle-aged. I don't know if I'm going to get to have a life. You know, what if the planet is uninhabitable? What if we all die of this virus or whatever they're worried about? Um, so you want to have a loving conversation. And our tendency whenever our kids are worried about something, 
is to smooth it over. It's going to be fine. We've got this. Um, you're going to be okay. The world's been worse many other times. And there's lots of important messaging in there. But what you want to do is you want to st start with where they are. So just sitting with them, rubbing their backs, holding their hand and saying, this is big stuff you're worried about. These are really big, scary issues. And you're carrying this around. And I can't imagine what this must be like for you at your age to be worrying about these big issues, to be looking around going, what is happening? What, what's going on in the world right now? And what are adults doing about it? So just stay with them in that moment. This is one of the hardest things to do as a parent, but it's actually really important. It's counterintuitive because everything in you is going to tell you to, oh, it's going to be okay. And there's human ingenuity and look at this and this and this that's happening. Um, and I promise you there's a place for that, but you want to wait for the cues. You want to wait for the indication from your child that they're ready to go there. First, you want to soothe them. And other um, podcasts I've talked about kind of touching the bottom, like just the sort of staying in that place with your kids before yanking them out. Um, and I know this sounds really counterintuitive, but honestly, the more you try to pull them out of it, the more they're going to try and convince you why they can't be pulled out of it. No, that's never going to work. And like, you'll end up in this push-pull conversation where you're going to get frustrated or you're going to lose your patience. Um, and the idea is really to just stay where they are. And that takes a lot of bravery. That takes a lot of courage as a parent to be able to just soothe and sit there with your child. So one of the analogies that I like to use to help parents with this is, you know, you imagine your child fell and they've cut their knee and it's quite a terrible cut and they're crying. You would not be saying to them, well, you know what? You got your other knee and you didn't hurt either one of your arms. And look at that. You're, you're going to actually feel okay because only one knee is hurt. You would not do that. You would go, oh my goodness, ouch. Oh, and you were running and just having the best time. And then you fell and that hurts so much. You would stay with them in the pain. Emotional pain is very similar stay with them in that emotional pain. We really want to help our children understand that these big feelings that we have are not to be feared. They're not to be ignored. Um, they're to be um, respected and listened to and alchemized so children can learn that they can have big feelings and they can be okay and they can, they can get through it. Um, and there's some things that happen in the world that really are big that we really don't have control over. And we just have to learn how to regulate through it and make the best of it and uh, stay in the now and all of those things. So you're going to stay with your child. And this is where the calm technique really comes in. So statements like, um, you know what? I didn't realize you worried so much about this. And this is what you think about at night. And as a little kid, you got to be thinking about what's the world even going to look like when you get big, stay right there. So for reminders on how to use the contact me, go back to uh, podcast one and two. Uh, if you're part of the online course, go back and listen to the first two modules that really take you through this. Um, this is a very powerful listening technique. It releases oxytocin, which is the, the uh, chemical in the body that actually mitigates uh, cortisol, which is the stress hormone. This is actually what calms your child down. Now the bonus here, is that if you're doing this really well and you're not talking your kids out of their feelings, you're going to also receive those, those benefits. So you're going to get that flood of oxytocin as well so that you're calming down in the conversation and feeling better. Now, surprisingly, even with a huge issue like eco-anxiety or existential fears that you cannot solve and you cannot promise anything, 
when you stay in this moment, you will see a gentle and natural lifting. Your child will start to immediately feel a little bit better because of the biochemicals that are flooding through their body, because of that oxytocin, because of serotonin, um, they will start to feel a little better. And then they will ask you, well, tell me about other times in the world that things have felt really difficult and what things are humans inventing that could actually give us some hope here. Now you can have the conversation where you can try to reassure your child a little bit and give them some evidence um, that there's some hope in the world. Now's the time to do that, but you're gonna wait for their cue. And that's really, really important. Um, the other thing I think too, there are lots of news services that, you know, Upworthy is great. I mean, it's, 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 it's more adult, but there's some lovely stories in there about human kindness and human ingenuity and there, and just even hearing a few little stories like this can really ignite hope, which is a very powerful emotion. Um, squirrel news is another great way that's just full of good stories and things that human beings are trying to do to make the world a better place and address some of these issues. Um, you know, it, there, there are lots of ways to get information into kids that is not all doom and gloom. And there, there's always a polarity. So this is a tough one. I'm seeing this more and more. You'll see this with little ones for sure. Um, and then you'll also see it even sort of more deeply with teenagers. Now I should point out that at 15, I call that the existential year, um, around 15, and this is pre-pandemic, um, I have noticed for a long, long time that that tends to be an age where kids sort of um, develop that existential anxiety. Well, what's the point? And I'm just going to be a boring adult anyway, and I'm going to have a job that's that's just hard work. And what's the point of anything? And it's a, it's a point where they kind of realize that adulthood is coming, that childhood is, is fading. Um, there's a lot of fear um, and unknowns and it's a big transition. So that's, that tends to be a year where kids struggle with this anyway. Um, so you just kind of add a few layers to it uh, based on what's been happening in our world for the last little while. Um, so just be aware of that anyway, that tends to be a spike in existential fears and really just apply this formula. Stay with them, use the calm technique. Um, in the background, be using lots of connection and uh, fun and baby play and baby pictures to keep that oxytocin flowing to help them through this uh, difficult period. Remember that it also helps you as well. Um, touch the bottom, be willing to stay in that place with your ch child. Don't be pulling them out of it. If you pull them out of it, they're gonna resist that wait for the cue when they're ready to move forward in the conversation around solutions and hope um, and past questions maybe about what things were like when we were little. Um, and just trust, you know, trust that you can do this. And when we as parents operate from a place of fear, when we're thinking, oh my God, my child's depressed, what are we gonna do? How am I gonna help them? This is terrible. Uh, they're just like their uncle or their dad. Or, you know, if we start sort of operating from this place of fear, that's gonna infuse the conversation with that level of fear. So you want to just really have this, I call it the motionless center, this kind of confident place in the middle where it's coming from a place of love. You'll get through this conversation. Um, these are you know, really hard conversations to have, but you've got the tools, you've got the calm technique um, and trust that you will get through this conversation and that conversations like this are a moment in time. They're not going to last forever. They're not going to go on and on for days or hours or months that it's usually uh, 
sort of 30 minutes to a couple of hours of intensity. And then there's a natural wave where the wave just kind of dissipates and they start to shift and move and want to do something else. So just try to control your own fear in these situations that it's going to get out of control. Usually if you stay right with it and you use these techniques, you can have a beautiful, meaningful uh, conversation that you feel really good about and you'll have them again and just have this confidence knowing that you can do it. So if you're interested in going deeper into the connected parenting methodology, we've got um, the online courses. There's one that's literally just straight videos that are on demand. And it's basically everything I deliver to my clients when I see them one-on-one, at least the curriculum part of it. Uh, then there's the version that actually has the Facebook group where I'm involved in that group. I'm answering questions. I'm creating videos. I'm answering direct questions from, from parents. And there's also a monthly coaching call where I interact directly with everybody in the group. Um, we've also got our Connected Parenting Village, which is such an amazing community. We've got uh, Connected Parenting therapists and coaches that are on those calls. They're weekly. Um, and you're on those calls with, with parents who get it, who understand, who really are, are feeling some of the same things you're feeling. A lot of them are parents of what I call gladiator kids. And I say that lovingly, just sassy, feisty kids who've who are a strong counter will and a big pushback. And it's an amazing community where people can support each other and get parenting advice uh, from the Connected Parenting experts. And it's a pretty amazing group. So, and then keep listening to the podcast. Don't forget my um, mental health comedy podcast too, where we interview entertainers and uh, well-known comedians and give out practical advice. And we work on strategies, which is pretty amazing. So there are lots of ways to find out more about Connected Parenting and bring it into your parenting repertoire. And I'll see you next time on the Connected Parenting Podcast.